Welcome to the Virtuosity Podcast, where we explore musical virtuosity in all aspects and all genres. I'm your host, Ethan Wiley, along with my co-host, Timo Shanko. And we're going to explore jazz, classical, bluegrass, rock, blues, world beat, and anything else we can dig up in our pursuit of the world's greatest virtuosos. Virtuosity without hierarchy. Welcome to the Virtuosity Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ethan Wiley, along with my co-host here, Timo Shanko. Hello. Hello, Timo. Now, Timo, you're in, in Boston, or just north thereof. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm here in the Smoky Mountains of uh, North Carolina. <laughs> well, no, the Smoky Mountains of Marin County. Oh, my God. Uh, where the smoke has finally uh, drifted into the Bay Area the last few days. So if my voice sounds, uh, you know, strange. Sound fine. Sound okay. fine. Uh, it was starting to affect me yesterday, but uh, uh. you know, last year when this happened, uh, I lost my voice completely. That wouldn't have been good for doing podcasting. Well, I had all my gigs this weekend canceled due to a hurricane coming. <clears throat> if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> so, um, so we're doing a show called Virtuosity, and. It's basically going to be exploring musical virtuosity in all genres and with all instruments. Um, not that we're ambitious or anything. <laughs> we're going to start with uh, a lot of cool things um, and to give people an idea of what that means. Um, we're going to be exploring, for example, 1950s jazz piano in our, in our second episode. One of my favorites. Yes, and and uh, and then we're going to be going on to modern bluegrass guitar. One of your favorites. And then we've got all sorts of interesting things. We've got uh, Peter McClintock, director of the Metropolitan Opera, who's going to come in and talk to us about uh, opera singers and their uh, quest for virtuosity. We have a lot to learn there. Yes, that was important that we have a guest <laughs> on that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> And uh, and then we've got, uh, on the Modern Bluegrass Guitar Show, we had uh, bassist and producer uh, Todd Phillips, who's going to be weighing in on uh, Modern Bluegrass Guitar, and we chose Todd because he's played with all these guys and had a really right. unique perspective as a bass player who's worked with all the top cats in bluegrass guitar, so uh, that's going to be a great episode as well. Um. But first, I thought I'd give just a little bit of uh, background about uh, who you are and a little bit about myself. Um, Timo, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do. Oh, it's trying to like I'm trying to do a comprehensive study of the entire music. I know it sounds pretentious and undoable, but I thought I'd just go ahead and give it a try while while you're still alive. And uh, it's like trying to play all the instruments as well as anybody can, try to understand the music deeply as well as anybody can, including classical, especially modern classical, really analyzing the harmony and tearing everything apart note by note, you know, transcribing everything by everybody and getting as deep on it as you possibly can. It's sort of a lifelong mission. There's no no place to end up like, okay, I'm done. I did it. You know, it's, that's not like that. It's like a way of life where you, you do it 10 hours a day, every waking moment for the rest of your life and see where it takes you. Just try to humbly work on the music all the time. Cool. 
and um, and so you you grew up in Santa Monica. Yeah, long time ago. And uh, and then you went you got to the Boston area uh, attending the Berkeley School of Music as many musicians do. Yeah, although they uh, that's a school that more gives you the tools for maybe how to work on music and to meet lots of other people from lots of different places to kind of illumine your mind to music that you wouldn't have heard. Uh, you know, being from Los Angeles, we can be a very commercial place. So it's, its orientation is towards the commercial aspect of music. And coming to the East Coast was eye-popping because people were doing it just to do it and playing circles around me. It was fantastic. It was, uh, you know, I had to get busy. I had to get started. I had to get working, get cracking. And uh, so I could thank the school for that. But it, and it gave you the tools for how to work on it. I mean, you know, it's a very short stint. You go there for a couple of years. You know, that a couple of years goes by in a flash, right? Right. And it's really how you apply yourself uh, after you're at the school that really makes the difference, I think. Because, you know, you're graduating college when you're, 20 or 21 years old that's you're just still a kid yeah 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 and uh i went to school at ucla studying theater and film and uh but that's a prestigious uh locale you were in the same class as 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 big wigs before you right yeah yeah we had a pretty successful class and and uh um and and so that's been the focus of my career but uh on the side i've been a amateur semi-professional musician at times uh playing the mandolin and uh we're gonna be hearing lots of mandolin <laughs> as we go forward well yeah and, that's your that's your that's your happy that's your favorite part of it you know yeah and and uh, i first heard uh david grisman in the 1970s and was you know going into san francisco uh to see him playing with stefan Capelli at the great american music hall and uh and so i had been playing guitar and uh, and so went out and got myself a hundred and thirty dollar mandolin at the McCabe's Music Shop there in Santa Monica, your hometown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw Don Cherry there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you've always you've always been very humble about your what you know whether you're a professional or uh, you know, but you still are on the quest. You've always enjoyed virtuoso music, whether it's John McLaughlin or Frank Zappa or you know what I mean. So your approach to it and. And your father is has this proximity to Stephen Reich and Phil Lesh, and you know, so you're you, you've kind of always been thinking that way. You're just modest about your identity as you know musician, which is a, a pompous identity thing to call yourself, anyways. You know, can't you just be a human being that happens to play music like anybody else? Yeah, and, and I, yeah, and I grew up with a musical family. You know, just right. jamming. Uh, Dad knew three chords, and and. Uh, Four by four uh, time meant nothing to him. Yeah, um, right. There's only two time signatures, anyways. Three and four, right? Yeah. Well, he would be somewhere in between, you know. Usually, yeah. Well, but, yeah. Um, but quasi rubato, yeah, yeah. I had an uncle that was a good bluegrass musician uh, and played with some excellent musicians uh, in the Bay Area. And, and you've studied, and you've studied with very legit teachers of the genre. Yeah, a little bit here and there, mostly self-taught, but uh, yeah. So same thing, just. Uh, I guess with another career, you know, I pursue music uh, in between the in between the lines, and and uh, and like you said, our friendship was kind of born out of a mutual uh, love for uh, Jaco Pastorius. Oh yeah, my man. And I happened to be uh, writing a screenplay based on Bill Mikowski's book, 
uh, for some producers in Hollywood. It was kind of a dream come true for me to kind of fuse my my movie thing and my music thing with writing the screenplay. Unfortunately, the production never made it for a variety of reasons. Um, well, I'm sure I'm sure people that are uh, arbiters of Jocko's estate are going to kibosh anything, right? They're just going to make it difficult. That's what they do. It was complex, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the producers finally gave up. But um, but anyway, yeah, I, I went into a little pub there in uh, Brookline. Uh, what was the place called again? Matt Murphy's? Matt, Matt Murphy's. They were talking yeah, about 20 Matt years Mur- ago. Yeah, it's about 20 years ago now. Right. And th- and there was a, a great jam scene going on there. And uh, and I think I'd heard you on the radio. And and uh, you'd done like That's a, right. And that, yeah, and you came down because you had heard something on the radio, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I thought, i got to go check this guy out. And uh, and and so I after the gig, uh, I met your drummer first, Luther Gray. Awesome drummer. And he asked, you know me, are you into jazz or you know music? Are you a musician? I said, well, I'm doing this and that. And I said, hey, I'm writing a script about Jaco Pistorius. And he said, oh, you got to meet, meet Timo. And I said, the sax player. He said, oh, yeah, he's really a bass player. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I got to meet this guy. And that's how we met. Um, and... And so then we started having a lot of conversations over the years about music and just trading, um, you know, music and uh, ideas and talking about what you were up to. And and um, and so at a certain point, I thought I should be recording these conversations because I'm learning so much about music from you. Yeah, and, and, you, and, and you really can't shut us up once we get started. We're trying to do a 10-minute episode right now. You know it's going to go on for 45 minutes. You're going to have your hands full at the editing floor there. Yeah, well, I'll try to tighten this up. But <laughs> um, anyway, so um, so that's how this uh, came to be. So um, a couple quick things to tell people. Um, we're on Spotify, and the reason we chose Spotify as a kind of launching pad for the for the show is that if you are a member of Spotify, you're going to get the full cuts of all the music we talk about, and not just the 30-second clips, which, I've, you know, in a lot of other podcasts, they give you the little snippet, and they keep the conversation going. But we're really digging into the music here, and I thought it was really important to give people that option to listen to the full cut right there as we're talking about it, analyzing both on the front end and the back end, and really hear the full music, even if it's... Eight minutes long, ten minutes long, sometimes. And well, that's not very long. I mean, it, we're not going to do like full. Are we doing full Coltrane thirty minute solos? Are we doing like full Indian thirty minute solos or what? I don't I think we'd be needing too much of those um, because right. people can always go pursue the music for the for the long right, uh, right. intense. So keeps that five to eight minute. You know, three to five to eight. Right. Yeah, yeah, but not thirty seconds. And um, and then if you're not a um, a member of Spotify then you still get the 30-second clips. And so in addition to that, we're going to be on YouTube, where we're going to have the shows on YouTube, and you'll be able to um, see a lot of video um, of, of uh, the things we're talking about. So if we find good video of the song or a performance, uh, we'll, we'll put those up in place of the, the record cut. And, uh, and then... Another uh, important thing we're going to be doing is we're going to have a Patreon page, and this is going to be a little bit more focused on the dedicated musicians and and your expertise in, in, in that you have uh, created quite a lot of transcriptions of a lot of the music we're going to be talking about, especially when we get into jazz. 
Yeah, thousands. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be doing an eight-chapter uh, audio biography of John Coltrane, and then that's where like the Patreon page will come place where the, you're going to have transcriptions, a lot of the solos and things that we're going to hear on those recordings, and other musicians as well. Um, in addition to that, uh, we're going to have uh, uh, lessons, online lessons, uh, in both music theory and also for you know people wanting to take next steps with their bass playing, their sax playing, and uh, there'll be composing, limited. composing, and composing. You know? yeah, yeah, like like harmonic analysis of all the classical music. Yeah, um, and so anyway, so there'll be a lot of great material there for people, and we're going to make the the bar of entry low financially, so a lot of people can get involved. And, um, and so anyway, so we're going to be on, on a few different platforms like that. And, um, so let's get back to the word virtuosity. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a controversial word at times because I think people have so many different interpretations of what that means. Um, how do you describe virtuosity? Well, I think, I think we should take advantage of describing it in a much broader sense than it ordinarily gets used in, you know, virtu virtu virtually anything. You can play virtually anything on the violin, virtuoso. That's what it means in a sense, right? But yeah. that, would always, that always connotes, uh, you know, uh, very fast arpeggios and scales and approach patterns and sort of furious, you know, going at it, art, you know, artatum virtuosity on the piano. But there's other kinds of virtuosity, right? Virtuosity of using space, virtuosity of playing the blues, virtuosity of the spoken poetry forms, virtuosity in this kind of music, in that kind of music. It could be virtuoso of of just about anything when you think about it. So it's the broadest sense of the term, not the smallest sense of the term, right? Yeah, and I thought that, that um, you know, with the different connotations that, like, you know, punk rock or something will say, hey... <laughs> Anti-virtuosity music, for sure. <laughs> right? And But then, within that genre, you know, you start to parse, like, these are the good good ones, these are the ones that are not so good, you know? Right, well, there's, there's, there's virtuosity to Joe Strummer in The Clash, right? Because yeah. he's... He's got that thing that's that that he's got the golden thing, whatever that is. That's that the the word thing that he does, the leader of a movement. Right. Yeah. Or Bob Dylan. You know, everyone's always saying what a terrible singer he is, and not well, you don't go to musician. see him for Pavarotti. You know, you go to Pavarotti for singing. You don't go to Bob Dylan for for golden tonsils. You go to him for amazing poetry and the leader of a movement. So I think that's an important thing for people to know that we're we're going to be covering you know all all these different kind of things, and use it as a as a launching pad to explore great music in all genres and also to get into some of the details about the different instruments. Um, and and we'll be doing a little theory and a little bit about the techniques of how you know how does Tony Rice do what he does on that guitar? You know how how does he get the power to do those pull-offs and the hammer-ons and, you know, some of these techniques uh, on the guitar that, that help create his style? Um, or, you know, how do these different uh, piano players tackle that instrument and, and create a voice um, through their touch, through their dynamics, through their harmonic concepts and, um, and that sort of thing? So, um, you know, the, the definition of virtuosity in the you know, Merriam-Webster dictionary is great technical skill is in the practice of a fine art. 
Um, but when I did a little bit of reading about the history, it was really first kind of devoted toward the concept of music. And then we began to expand into, now you hear that, oh, this guy is a virtuoso uh, computer programmer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but it was originally, and it was also originally kind of devoted toward, more towards composing and maestros and things, and not so much about someone's just technical ability to play an instrument. Um, so the, the origins of the, of the word do have a kind of broad conceptual meaning too, you know? I think it was sort of uh, the composers were eager to compose music that was uh, different and more challenging, and so, you know, to advance the music, and they're going to compose that for a specific performer who can actualize it. So Paganini couldn't, who was probably the original virtuoso that inspired uh, later generations of virtuosity, like uh, uh, Franz Liszt, the other virtuoso that seems to be the at the forefront of the word and 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 the beginning of the movement of playing technically on the level that's beyond anybody else's skill. That you're sort of one of a kind in the world. And right. Paganini had to start writing his own music for himself because nobody could write music as flashy and complex as he was capable of playing on the violin. It was a brand new phenomena, you know, like a lightning bolt. Right. And I think when we um, d um, did the episode with Todd Phillips um, and we're talking about guitar, you know, I had this kind of epiphany that the development of bluegrass guitar as a virtuoso instrument was just recently, you know, it came with mm. Doc Watson in around 1960. And so you have classical violin going back centuries and then other new forms of virtuosity developing as different music forms develop as well. Sure. Yeah, I mean, tenor saxophone didn't start really till the uh, mid '30s. Right. Relatively yeah. late. So, you know, we'll be looking at what does it take to become a virtuoso? Is it the ten thousand hours of practice? That's the cliche. Yeah. yeah. Is it practicing with intention? Um, uh, do you have to have perfect pitch, or does absolute pitch, you know, help? No, no, no. I mean, I like to think you don't. There's, there's a few musicians in the great canon who didn't have absolute pitch. We can get into that. <laughs> yeah, and and but you know, so we'll be talking about the tools, I guess, that make a virtuoso from practice to um, the conceptual development of the genres there. And you know, it it being music, everything is so subjective. There's no real ob objective criteria for for anything. You either like it or you don't, or you know, you say this guy's great and this guy sucks. Everybody does that all the time, even if people's contributions are worthy on their own merits. You know, people have such kind of strange, uh, I don't know, pet opinions about everything. Yeah, well, that's part of the fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, I, yeah, we're just going to smash right through all that. I just yeah, enjoy, we're just gonna, enjoy everything. You know, right, right, and right. Be, we're going to be doing the shows. We're going to be laying out our opinions about this different music. Right, the virtuosity of Barbara Streisand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, back to the, the opera episode, when we were first kind of coming up with all of our show ideas, and God, we quickly had 100 you know, shows before we knew it, one yeah, of that course. came up was, you know, how do you um, define and analyze singers? Uh, because people's idea of a great singer could be Joe Cocker or Pavarotti, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And, I, li uh, I like both. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but we were thinking, yeah, opera, that's, that's an area where there's been a a serious history of trying to define the, the vocal virtuoso. 
Yeah, I mean, and it being singing, I think uh, everybody relates to the singer. Who can you can't really always really relate to the oboe player with you know they, their their bullfrog face. It's like eh, you know it's not visually pleasing. But the singer, I can get with that. So I'm like an actor. You know, everybody can relate to acting and storytelling and singing. Right, and yeah. So and and then we also kind of realized that neither of us knew much about opera. And I got so, a lot out of that show. I got to tell you, man, I came out on the back end of it really appreciating what those people do. Yeah, that, and I think that was a, a surprising and exciting episode. So yeah. people have a lot of, um, like you said, you know, biases of, oh, I hate that, you know, music or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I happened to have a good friend who was a director at the Metropolitan Opera, so we could call on an expert. And he he took us through the whole history and, and, uh, and through the 10 greatest singers that you have to know if you're going to get into opera. So that was really fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm hoping we'll have more shows like that too, where, where we get schooled, uh, and, and the things yeah. we don't know. Lots, lots of room for that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, be sure to check us out. We're going to be doing, uh, uh, a show every two weeks, uh, 20, 24, 25 shows a year. And, uh, we're also going to be doing some fun conceptual shows where we, um, we got a fun show called, uh, Singers Who Sizzle, uh, or, sh or Singers Who Shred, and uh, where we take, you know, a lot of popular performers, uh, people like Prince or John Mayer or Nat King Cole, um, and actually it's going to be two shows, right? It's going to be Singers Who Shred and then uh, Singers Who Swing. And, yeah, yeah, Swing, uh, right. So we kind of, we, we ended up with so many great examples, we broke it into two shows with one focused on kind of rock, pop, and country, and another on kind of soul, blues, and jazz. And, uh, and so, uh, and then we'll be just, uh, you know, mixing and matching and, and, in cool ways to explore all sorts of different music. So, uh, we hope everybody tunes in and, uh, and then there's the, there's the, also the in-depth shows like Miles and Coltrane and Bird and where we can go much further into the granular details and the actual talking about the music and the harmony and the playing and the, you know, that making the connections with everything, that's what really appeals to me is going in further um, specifically into the specifics of music and then also making the connect, broader connections and see how everything connects together. That's where, that's my, my big exciting uh, thing about this thing. Yeah, and I think that the podcast gives us that flexibility. You know, when we did the yeah. show with Todd Phillips, it was great. And so we just said, well, this is two shows, you know, we'll keep going. We're not going to try to limit what we're talking about or whatever and and as long as uh the material is interesting and engaging and and entertaining it gives us that flexibility we don't have to do it in five minutes or in 50 minutes we can really gauge what level uh it needs to go and we just go there so that's that's really fun and um and like you said going in deep i think it's trying to find that balance between what the deep harmonic analysis, for example, of a certain certain thing, but also making it accessible to people. So um, that's my role, Mr. Joe Q. Public, who will occasionally <laughs> right. stop you and ask you to explain yes. the concept uh, so that our audience can kind of get a, a sense of, of how some of this stuff works. You know, it's not going to be music lessons. That's going to be over at the Patreon page, but... Mm -hmm. uh, but I think uh, people get a lot out but of it. But I think, I think with a little step-by-step, step, people will find that it's not as impenetrable as you've been led to believe. Yeah. You know?
Yeah. And, uh, and also the, the different instruments, we, we talked briefly about that. I mean, everything from the banjo to um, obscure obscure instruments uh, in orchestras. I mean, Virtua, so virtuoso accordion, virtuoso <laughs> harmonica. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's going to be fun, too, to kind of seek out, you know, who are the masters of this particular instrument? And of course, that if you get to the guitar, well, now we have to break it into many genres and many eras, just like we do with piano. Um, and traveling around the world, right? Africa, and, India. Hmm? Yes, and then also getting into yeah the masters of uh, different types of music all over the world. So Jamaica, uh, we've got a lot of material to get to. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so um, yeah, again, check out the Patreon page. Uh, uh, if you don't have a Spotify uh, subscription, you might consider it. There's, they have an incredible library, and there's a lot of other great podcasts as well. And when we have the when we have the deeper shows, that's when we have the transcriptions available. That's right. Yeah, and then and then also, for example, with our Coltrane audio biography, as I'm calling it, um, there will be certain episodes that will be for free. But then to get the full eight episodes, uh, you might have to. Uh, uh, get a subscription. Uh, a lot of work and time goes into preparing uh, the stuff, and so uh, we'd like to at least uh, keep our heads above water here while we spend way too many hours uh, <laughs> working on the show. <laughs> Already did that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's going to be really, I think, a unique thing. Um, and like Coltrane, I think we were just talking about recently, there's a great documentary called uh, Chasing the Train, but it's an hour and 40 minutes long. It doesn't have the time to get into the, the deeper stuff. So hopefully that's something that, you know, if people see that documentary and they want to learn more about John Coltrane, they can come to our uh, our series and, and get a little deeper into the music and, and the man, you know? Yeah. All right, Timo. Um, nice. I will see you in two weeks when we have All our right. first episode, 1950s Jazz Piano. Give us just a quick preview of what we're going to hear up there. Well, it's got to start with Monk, right? If it's 50s jazz piano. He's the sort of grand saint of the whole thing. And then it uh, bifurcates from there with Bud Powell and Red Garland. And we'll go down, we'll go down a uh, subjective list of uh, 50s jazz piano. Hopefully we'll be able to do two or three episodes on that since it's such a massive topic and we don't want to overlook anybody because there were so many great musicians contributing Overall, but of course we'll have to, you know, focus the drill a little bit on uh, on the, the top ten or twelve for the first episode, and hopefully we can do a a runner up thing, you know, not to quantify people too much because they're all really great, and to be able to play piano like that in the fifties, bebop and stuff, that's there. Every single one of them is a virtuoso. Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. And then our episode after that, it's going to be uh, modern bluegrass guitar, and one of the things we're doing quickly to tell people is. We're not doing things chronologically. We're jumping right into different eras, different things uh, that have sparked our interest. But we will be going back and doing, you know, the beginnings in the uh, of bluegrass guitar and the founding fathers and one mother, uh, as we call that episode. The mother being uh, being uh, Mother Maybell Carter. Um, mm. But we will be covering the whole histories of these different uh, genres and instruments uh, in. Uh, you know, over time, and then if you're interested in a certain thing, 
you can just uh, pick out the episodes you want to check out and listen to those and ignore the rest. So it's totally up to the listener how much they want to get into it. I like the making the connections between all of it. That's what really excites me about it. Well, with our first episodes, that is really, boy, that has really been a big thing, hasn't it? Where we we start talking about something about like bluegrass guitar and, and f- suddenly we find ourselves, uh, you know, connecting to all sorts of jazz influences. And right, right. Todd Phillips t- talking about how that's all they were listening to was jazz when they were forming the David Grisman Quintet. Well, it, t- it, ter- it turns out the, the musicians are omnivorous, you know, it's just like, it's sort of more like the record companies and how to sell it, the genrefying it, you know, it actually, the music all goes together. You can listen to Maybell Carter and Coltrane in the same breath, and it's not, actually not that different as, as much as you think, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's maybe kind of one of the ultimate underlying themes of the show, you know, is that... Yeah, totally. And that's why... We want to cover it all, and we want people to listen to all of it because it all connects, and uh, and you can find uh, some really interesting connections to the music you think you like, or maybe the music you don't think you like, and <laughs> and, and can discover some new things and, yeah. and connections that you didn't realize existed. Yeah, so that's very cool. All right, well, we'll sign off until uh, two weeks from now, and all right. I'll uh, I'll see you then. All right, bye bye. Thank you for joining us on the Virtuosity Podcast. We release a new episode every other week on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. Middle of the day, middle of the week. You can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash virtuosity. There you'll find our exclusive content, musical transcriptions, music lessons by Timo Shanko, and more. All of our links are at meanbunny.com, and you can find out more about Timo Shanko at timoshanko.com. Until next time, virtuosity without hierarchy.